What's going on, everybody? My name is Matt. And I'm Gabe. And welcome back to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And today we've got a fun topic that we're going to go over. Yeah. But before we jump into that, what have you been listening to, Gabe? Man, it's it's been a wide variety of stuff okay. for me lately. It's um, it's it's really just kind of been all over. I've been kind of on a little bit of a pop punk kick lately. Uh, so I've been jamming some like state champs, some... Uh, honestly, kind of got kicked off by the state champ song that came out last week oh, uh, that we were talking yeah. about. So <laughs> um, that kind of uh, jumped it all off for me there. Uh, so it's been a lot of state champs, a lot of uh, story so far, old neck deep, um, kind of so on there. Okay. Um, it's also been a lot of just like death and metalcore. Okay. Uh, so like today was a lot of Whitechapel for me, um, just because it, it, I don't know, it just kind of felt right. A lot of fit for an autopsy. Uh, also been really digging some uh, uh, Oshino and uh, After the Burial lately. Ooh, very nice. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what I've been up to. Uh, how about yourself? So, I've definitely been jumping uh, onto the rabbit hole for heavy, heavy stuff. A uh, okay. little bit of just kind of the same same that I had been doing for a while. Just the, the same singles just getting cycled through. I've just been really, really hooked on... A couple of motionless and white songs. Hooked on phonics. Hooked on phonics. <laughs> um, hey, if you put an X in there, then it could be one of their songs. <laughs> Hooked on phonics. F O N X N I X. Yeah. Um, Carbonized by Northlane. Uh, also, speaking of them, they actually just dropped a new album this past Friday. That's right. So uh, well, we'll jam that a little bit. We'll definitely talk about that next week in our uh, catch episode. Um, but. I went down to a show in Tucson. I got to see All That Remains with Miss May I, Varials, and Tala. How was Tala? Oh, my dude. They were cool. They were pretty rad. Uh, So what ended up happening is doors were supposedly supposed to open about 6.30 or 7. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't start bringing people in until about 8. Oh, jeez. I guess what was going on is there was a bunch of sound issues. Mm. Uh, so that was that was kind of a bummer. And a lot of the bands were like, dude, we we didn't think that this show was actually going to happen. Like, it was it was getting to be that bad. Jeez. Um, Tala was the opener. And Justin, their vocalist, was he kept, when he got on stage, people would start yelling. He's like, shh, there's a noise ordinance. Don't have the cops called on us. So it was like... <laughs> It was a really bizarre um, kind of presence that they had, mm-hmm. but song-wise, they were absolutely fantastic. Um, Varials was extremely try-hard. <laughs> I was very disappointed. Um, the I could definitely tell that they're supposed to be a hardcore band. Unfortunately, the way that the vocalist was trying to get the crowd into it was just not landing. He sounded like he was like a preppy white kid who was just like, hey, I'm going to go and act tough. Like, that's mm-hmm. literally how it came across. Miss May I came on, and this crowd went bonkers. <laughs> I was... Miss very, May I? Miss May... I was surprised as well, and I, I like the band. Their set was fantastic. All the Remains comes on. Oh. <sighs> I playing the relatively only good album they have. They say that very lightly. (laughs) (laughs) So they played all of that. They ended up doing um, 
they're they're not the only band that has done this, but they played the record backwards. So from the last <laughs> track to the first track, um, Phil sounded absolutely phenomenal. I sat there and I'm like, this man, his his voice is stupid. My only complaint is when he attempted to do gutturals, is those didn't quite mm-hmm. land. So a little disappointed. Also, uh, shout out to the guy that I met outside the venue who I actually promoted the podcast to. So if you're listening, what's up, dude? We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Also ran into my buddy Austin. Shout out to you if you're listening. I love you. Uh, Drive safe out there. But outside of that. already driven safe, no? (laughs) He's a truck driver. Uh... So he said, he was like, yeah, dude, I'll got plenty of time to listen to stuff and i was like well i have a podcast you can listen to me and he's like dude i got you um other than that Fair though enough. i jump back on the train of brand of sacrifice listening okay. to lifeblood that record goes unbelievably hard for a while demon king was probably my favorite song it's now starting to move over to mortal vessel which is the song including ben Dur off mm. shadow of intent naturally and there's another, I can't remember the name of the other song. It's a little bit towards the end. It includes another feature. It The song hits different now. And I'm like, oh, this is so good. And then uh, actually starting to warm up to a little bit of Cattle Decap. Yes! <laughs> yes! So I, I was listening to just my heavy playlist. And as I'm driving back to Tucson, I'm doing every possible thing I can to stay awake. So I'm playing <laughs> like heavy, heavy stuff. Kettle decap comes on. I'm like, oh my God, I'm really liking this more than I had before. So I'm starting to starting what, to come down that rabbit to? hole. It was Oh God! What was the name? of M- that? Mind you all, Matt is saying this. I'm wearing a cattle decap hat currently. Hey. Uh, I love those guys so much. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're a band that I've heard the name of for a significant amount of time. Like they've they've been around just for a hot minute, and a lot of the people in my like friend circle are mm-hmm. rave about them quite a bit. Let me actually pull up the. Um, it was. Oh god, what was the name of that album? Was it Death Atlas? Was it Monolith the Man? The H the had um hold on, let me The Harvest Floor. Okay. <laughs> actually, wait, did I not get to? I'm pretty sure I got actually got to Cattle Decapitation because I think I skipped a bunch of songs. Also, Spawn of Possession is a really, Super really good. good band. Yeah. Um, and since we're just kind of plugging random bands here at this point, I do want to plug uh, Wretched Tongues. Ooh, okay. Oh, my God. These guys are like Lorna Shore meets Worm Shepherd. Ooh. It is these unreal vocals that just sound like they're coming out of the pits of hell. Mm-hmm. Like they're, 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 I just go listen to them. That, that, that's all I'm going to really say on it. Speaking of Lorna Shore, I finally listened to um, the CJ McCreary's yeah. band. That was not good. No, I, I definitely heard, because you were like, yeah, he sounds like he's trying to impersonate Will Ramos. I heard it. Yeah. And I was, there was like three points where, vocally he sounded good and it was like within just seconds and i'm like okay and they were all in the last like f- 
two minutes of the song of the six minute song. <laughs> it was like once in like like minute and a half mark, once yeah. at like three minutes, and once at like four. But other than that, I literally sat there the whole time. I didn't stink, stink face once. Yeah, I just it, sat it, there. And I'm like, this is. I feel bad for the band, but they're also the ones who hitch themselves to an abuser's wagon. Yeah. That's all we're going to say on that. Uh, last thing before we move into our main topic is uh, the day after this comes out, I'm going to be seeing Born of Osiris and Veil of Maya when they're going to be supported by Victims and Hunt the Dinosaur. And uh, full disclosure, I am 100% going for Victims and Hunt the Dinosaur. I could not care less about the other two. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's so fair. I'll report back to see if Born of Osiris is as bad as it was on our record Yeah, <laughs> when we reviewed the their last one. Oh, my God. That was a hot minute that we reviewed that yeah. hot minute ago. Obviously, Bell of Maya has never really come up, except for last week when we did their uh, their single that they released. Yeah. Synthwave Vegan. That, yeah, song's which, hola- again, that song name's hilarious. It, it's a fantastic song name, but at the same time, like I just could not care less about them. It's That's just going to be a bunch of gen kids look, listening to them, and Born of Osiris is going to have the bleed over from that. That being said, we're going to go ahead and go into our main topic, and today we're going to be talking about the the heavy mainstays because they don't like being called deathcore they're the heavy mainstays hey. the acacia strain uh if you listen to our uh, top eight episode uh, it is known that these guys are one of my favorite bands uh, i'm excited to do this episode uh so starting out we'll go ahead and go over the current band members uh we currently have vincent bennett on lead vocals uh, he is the only original member from the band we have kevin uh Bautot on drums Devin Shadaker on lead guitar and backing vocals, and Griffin Landa on bass. Uh, they also usually will have a touring uh, guitarist with them. I don't have the information on who is currently touring with them, but I know I they have somebody there. I, I saw them a few months ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, just kind of going right off the bat, I love these guys so much. Uh, they... Don't like being called deathcore. Um, mm-hmm. Vincent said in an interview, and also he um, just just for anybody who ever ends up meeting him, he hates being called Vince. Okay, so do not call him Vince. Um, but Vincent didn't like the label of deathcore. He just said it's kind of the new metal of metal, mm-hmm. uh, and that deathcore was the new metal label of new metal. Okay, N E W versus N U N U. Just basically saying that if you need labels, don't. Yeah. If you need labels, just don't even bother with it. So they just make heavy music. Okay. So just getting that right out of the bat here. That being said, if we were to try and put them in the Deathcore label, I don't think we can. I don't think so either. Um, And I know since you stated that this is is one of your favorite bands, uh, my exposure to Acacia Strain before this, I was introduced to them probably about 2011. Uh, it was actually through a, a friend of mine in high school and introduced me to the band. And I gra- grasped on to little, little bits of their stuff, but it wasn't one of those bands that I really sunk my teeth into. Uh, the song that I had heard quite frequently, and it was actually through Sirius XM Radio, was The Impaler. Okay. And it was... That song stuck with me for years, and it's, it's just a catchy because, song. Destroy the others like that part. It just sounded so so sick. Yeah. Um. But get, put, kind of pushing that out of the way and going back to the the label, if you will. 
really, I would put these guys with probably between about 2008 to about 2014. No, I'd probably say about 2013. About that time period was really where it was the most deathcore, where everything else is a little bit more hardcore, like beatdown hardcore. I would, I would, I would give the caveat that it was like a doom band playing deathcore, and so like that, that that's really a lot more what the the Acacia String brings to the table as opposed to just your normal chugs and yeah and and breakdowns and stuff. Is the Acacia Strain really brings this kind of apocalyptic doom mm-hmm. kind of feel to their music, and that's one of the reasons I love it so much. Is it, it just it invokes this feeling, and um, it's really hard to not punch things when listening yeah. to them, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, I guess, the best way to describe it is, I, I really feel like if I were to put a label on them personally, just after listening through everything. I would be more likely to put them as like a doomy beatdown hardcore, mm-hmm. but in that kind of time frame, was, that was probably the most deathcore tendencies that sure. were in there in their music. But that, for sure, yeah, and 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 to kind of coincide with the hardcore uh, note there, um, uh, Vincent does have actually a, a hardcore band. Um, I uh, the band's called Cockpunch. Okay, fantastic band. Um, definitely recommend checking him out, but. It, it is just your straight hardcore, and it is phenomenal. Ooh. And that's oftentimes what they'll do tours with, like this last tour that they that they did, um, with that was like the 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 I'm totally blanking on it. Uh, Wormwood in its entirety, and uh, oh, it comes in waves in its yeah. entirety, plus select songs and stuff like that. Um, the bands that they tour with were all hardcore bands. Okay. They toured with Dying Wish, Orthodox, and uh, Kublicon. Which are all just they're they're just straight hardcore yeah. moshy kind of bands, and so it, it was cool to see. And that that's really who they started out touring with to mm-hmm. begin with, especially when they released the, their first album. In life is very long, which mm-hmm. had a lot more of those tendencies with it before they were really starting to figure yeah. themselves out. No, that's for <clears throat> sure. And then with the um, Vincent's other band, it's Cog Punch. No, Cock. Oh, Cock like, Punch. Okay, okay, yes, like chicken. Male chicken. Male chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, from there, let's go ahead and just uh, let's get into the origins of the band. Um, so the uh, the band came around. Uh, they released their first album in 2002, uh, which was entitled Dot Dot Dot, and Life is Very Long. They had mm-hmm. formed about a year before that. Uh, the, They're from Massachusetts. Yes, thank you. They are from, I forget what the city is. Chicopee. It's Chicopee, yeah, it's something weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I've noticed that there's a lot of really wonky names over in like the East Coast. Well, a lot of them are uh, based off of Native American tribes that Wait, were around those areas. And that would that would make a lot of sense. So, yeah. not wonky, I, I should say, but I was definitely surprised to see some of the names that I had seen for just that area. Yeah, recently. it's kind of the same thing out here. Like, we're used to names like Awatuki and, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, people on the East Coast are going to be like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we have uh, released in 2002 on the Devil's Head label, uh, and life is very long. Uh, this had the original lineup of uh, Benjamin Abert on drums. We had Carrie Whitfield on bass, Chris Dan- Daniel. I, I don't know if it's Danielle or Danielle. Daniel or Danielle. Yeah. Um, on uh, guitar, we have Daniel DePond on uh, guitar. And then we have uh, Daniel Laskowitz 
who is also known as DL, and who is currently the vocalist for the new Bad Wolves. I don't know if they've changed their name yet. Oh, really? Yeah, because when Wes's Bucket got kicked out of yeah. them for being kind of a racist D-bag, yeah. um, they brought in DL, but he was suing That's them for the name. Right. That's a whole mess. I haven't even bothered following it at Honestly, this point. Honestly, <laughs> I knew that there was, a, there was a tie to the new member of Bad Wolves to Acacia Strain. I didn't realize who it was, but so that's yeah. actually really awesome that it's DL. Yeah, so Daniel D.L. Laskowitz uh, was on the third guitar, and uh, so they, they had three guitar assault going on at first mm-hmm. uh, for the first two or three albums, something like that. Um, and then, obviously, Vincent Bennett on vocals. Uh, and life is very long, as I mentioned earlier. It's got this very hardcore kind of feel to mm-hmm. it. Um, it's pretty well known by fans of the band that Vincent does not like the album, and I don't know that he does anything off of it anymore. Okay. Um, I know that he's never done anything off of it since I've been a fan and since I've seen them. I've seen them live four times, I think now. Okay. Um, yeah, they they don't really ever acknowledge it. It's there. It's. It's not really for me either, uh, just because I'm I'm so much more of a fan of their newer stuff, honestly, which That's is kind of weird to say about a band. But yeah, it is. I mean, <laughs> I guess it really depends. And well, and and over the the last twenty some odd years that they've been a band, they've they've definitely evolved and changed a lot. And we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna see that. I'll I'll kind of describe the break and kind of what they do uh, moving forward. Um, yeah, off of uh, and life is very long. We have uh, a few notable songs off of that. So notably on this album, we have uh, the opening trap, uh, opening track, "Cable Ready Techno Slut," uh, "The Widowmaker," and "All She Wrote." Uh, yeah, uh, th- th- I just don't really have anything notable about this album for me personally. I know that if you were a fan of them way back then, then you do prefer kind of a lot of this older stuff, especially like their pre-continent era. Mm-hmm. I came into them post Wormwood, so it makes more sense that I'm more of a fan of that kind of stuff to begin with. But that being said, there is a reasonable desire for a lot of this stuff that happens yeah uh, here in these earlier years for these first four albums yeah and this i definitely wasn't i didn't find too much um i guess pleasure is a good way out of this one like it was it was good for the sake of listening to heavy music but it wasn't anything wild yeah um it was actually while doing research for this episode um kind of in between this record and the next release is in 2003 uh you know who was uh playing bass for acacia strain yeah it was uh john sagan i actually don't know the proper pronunciation of her name either (laughs) i think it's i've always said gene uh the reason i thought that was interesting is she was the bassist for over 10 years for all that remains um yeah so i thought that was actually really cool she that is kind of a little tie in there yeah (laughs) i think she was on was with all that remains from 2006 it was like 2006 ish to about 2016 so it was about 10 years um so i just thought that was a fun little tidbit and i was just like hey look i know who that is (laughs) uh from there we move into the uh the album 3750 Uh, This was released in 2004. Uh, This was also released on Devil's Head and then was, uh, I I don't know if it was re-released or if it was a a coinciding release with Prosthetic Records, which they would find themselves on for another few albums. Mm -hmm. 
this one here, uh, we did see prior to this the departure of Kerry Whitfield uh, as the bassist. They didn't have a, a bassist in this in the release for it here. Um, John Sagan, Gene Sagan, I, I don't know either, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Um, had departed prior to the album release, and shortly after is when they brought in Seth Coleman on bass duties. So I'm assuming that Chris, Daniel, or DL took uh, took bass leads for... That could uh, be. Took lead on bass for the album recording, and I would assume probably for the uh, shows or whatever, too. That that makes sense. Uh, notably, off of 3750, we have songs like Car Bomb, Smoke You Later, uh, and uh, one of my favorites, personally sun poison and skin cancer Mm -hmm. which i just think is cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah i actually really enjoyed uh halcyon off of this one okay um that one just seemed to stick out quite a bit and this was again just another record that was really heavy also the weird thing is thanks amazon music um it's saying that 3750 was released on october 9th of 2000 yeah, so that's definitely wrong. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so I was just sitting there, and I'm like, mm, that's weird, but okay. Yeah, they've got their listing of everything incorrect, so I am I had to go and be like, okay, let me actually verify dates. Yeah. Uh, 3750 is another album they don't really touch too often. Um, their most recent tour that they did uh, in support of the their double night thing that mm-hmm. they did, um, they did play Car Bomb one of the nights, so that's they, cool. they paid it for that after they finished playing Wormwood in its entirety, they played a song off 3750, a song off Continent, and a song off The Dead Walk. Uh, so oh. it was kind of just like a, a nice homage to all the people who had been with them for so long yeah. and hadn't heard so many of those things. That's awesome. So Car Bomb was a song that they played off 3750. Okay. And it was gnarly. <laughs> Ooh, I, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a really good show, and finishing off with that was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Following the release of that, looks like, no, there weren't any uh, changes to the lineup. And in 2006, we got The Dead Walk, which was also released through Prosthetic, as you had kind of alluded to. Yeah, so The Dead Walk is one of the ones that really just didn't come across my radar too much. Mm-hmm. Um it's just just is what it is to be honest <laughs> yeah no this one this one i don't really recall too much for uh as i was listening to this uh, listening to the discography for this um more angry it's about <laughs> it's about all i've got really on this one very much so this one here um we did see quite a few uh uh guest musicians that popped up on it um Funnily enough, actually, we have another uh, All That Remains reference that I'll get to here in a second. Um, But this one here, this was the last album that we would hear from Seth Coleman on bass and uh, Daniel DePondi on guitar. Uh, On this one here, as far as guest musicians go, we had Mike DC from Damnation AD uh, on vocals for See You Next Tuesday. Uh, He was part of uh, the gang vocals there. we have on the uh, song Predator Never Pray, there's multiple people that are uh, credited here. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, we have Mitch Lucker, uh, Nate Johnson, who's ex-fit for an autopsy. I'm sorry. Jeez. Mitch Lucker is ex-suicide silence. Um, R.I.P. And uh, Phil Labonte. Uh, I'm sorry. Phil Labonte uh, from All That Remains. And, hey. Uh, 
Lou Ten Tenwi Tenuis on uh, from on Paths of Torment. All of those were vocals on gang vocals, so I'm assuming it's one of those things where like they were all in the studio, kind of in the same time. That's that, cool. that's what musicians will do a lot of yeah. times. It's pretty great. Uh, I learned that from Fat Mike from uh, No Effects. Hmm. That's just kind of that just is kind of a neat little tidbit. tidbit. Uh, we also have Keith Hollock of I'm gonna definitely pronounce this wrong. Legia, Legia. Um, he was also one of the gang vocals on Predator Never Prey. Nice. We have two more that are uncredited as far as what song they're on, which is Tyler Shinost and Doofy. Okay. It is just Doofy. I have no idea who he is. <laughs> Not no idea either. That's interesting. And then uh, the uh, only other feature on here that isn't part of Predator Never Prey is Rusty Asunder from Torn Asunder. Uh, okay. Which is uh, vocals on the Dead Walk. Ooh, okay. Uh, the uh, production here actually also uh, was done by Adam Duckwhites from Killswitch Engage. I love Adam so much. So we, we kind of see them starting to uh, starting to gain some traction here mm-hmm. uh, with this album. I believe this is the first album that began charting as well. Um, it wasn't high charting, but it uh, popped up at number forty on US Heat and uh, forty seven on US Indie. Yeah. So we we definitely start seeing them g- getting up there. Yeah. Uh, from there, we move on to the next album, which is Continent. Uh, as I mentioned, we don't no, we no longer have Seth and uh, Daniel on guitars here. Uh, we bring in bassist Jack Strong, uh, who is going to be uh, with us for a little bit longer here. Uh, I completely forgot to mention as well that um, in between. 3750 and the dead walk we also got kevin botout uh on drums mm-hmm. and uh he's going to be the continuing drummer to this day at this point <clears throat> yeah this <laughs> i think that this was the record that i started to um i felt like i was starting to actually be able to get sink my teeth into when it was mm-hmm. things were starting to stick out a little bit more and as i listened through this is i've Acacia Strain, August Burns Red, and there's there was one other band that I could think of where they're absolutely huge and like prolific in the the various core scenes. Mm-hmm. But really, the thing that they don't have as much as some of the other bands, and I think it's why I haven't really been able to get into them. Is and not trying to say that they're not poppy in any way, but there's there's not enough hooks in it. There's mm-hmm. not that that kind of catchy factor, and really, we're, I'm not we're not going to see the catchy factor at least in my opinion for about probably next record yeah, we'll, is really we'll where definitely it see starts. it next record, and I'll go yeah, into that a little bit absolutely. as well. Uh, off a of continent, we see uh, such bangers as Skynet, Seaward, Doctor Doom, and JFC. Uh, JFC was the one that they played live, if I'm not mistaken. It was nasty. Nasty. (laughs) Um, This one here saw a lot more success from them. Um, So they charted at 107 on the U.S. billboards, number two on U.S. Heat, 13 on U.S. Indie, and 18 on U.S. Hard Rock. Mm -hmm. And so this this album was kind of like the one that began really pushing them uh, towards the front. I don't remember if we said this was released in uh, August of 2008, also on Prosthetic Records. Um, yeah, the, this, 
this this album is really kind of like what started taking it off for them. This is where we begin seeing the kind of format that they would keep to in terms of their album art, mm-hmm. uh, where they have this very bright, living, colorful uh, kind yeah. of look to them. And that, that's something that they adhere to for the most part throughout the rest of their discography, which personally I love. I think it's really cool that like, yeah. every time that somebody thinks of like heavy music, they always think of dark, doom, gloom, nasty, demonic kind of stuff. Kind and of these like guys kind death of... metal and black metal album covers, typically. Yeah, and these guys, they play some of the heaviest stuff on Earth while mm-hmm. also showcasing that you can add a little bit of color. And same thing with like all of their merch lineups. Too. Oh, yeah. Like, all of their merch stuff is all like these weird colors and stuff like that, and I love it so much. <laughs> Brings me back to like 2008, 2009 like scene kids merch. I miss it, and I don't. <laughs> Same, yeah. Um, from there, we move into Wormwood in 2010. This record has some bangers, um, yeah. including songs like The Hills Have Eyes, Bottom Feeder, which the way they have it is BTM space FDR. Uh, Ramirez is fantastic. The Impaler, which that song stuck with me for forever. Yeah. Um, and you, and you also even, forgot to mention like the one of their most popular, which is Beast. <laughs> I actually didn't quite grab onto that one personally. I'm gonna have to re-listen to You're it. You're wrong for every reason that you could possibly <laughs> ever give. <laughs> uh, the other one that I thought was really neat off of this record was Jonestown. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, this record just is stupid good. Yeah, stupid so hard. This one here it's very interesting in like the the way that they kind of like labeled a lot of their songs. So if you look at a lot of these, a lot of them have ties to serial killers and or mass murderers and mm-hmm. things of that nature. So Jonestown obviously uh of the uh I'm totally blanking on it now. Uh Jim Jones, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, his cult that he led to uh, commit mass suicide in down in Guyana. Um Ramirez which is likely a takeoff of Richard Ramirez, who Mm -hmm. is one of the most prolific serial killers in L.A. in the uh, 80s. Yep. Bay of Pigs, which was obviously a huge missile crisis that happened with uh, JFK. Uh, Unabomber. Yep, package bomber. Unabomber, yep. Tactical nuke. Kaboom. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Um, Yeah, so like we we have a lot of these different references. And this one here, um, this is where Vincent began really kind of exploring like rhyming Mm. and catchiness in the as a part of the lyrics. And I feel like that's really what helped them take off and kind of we see that formula continued throughout. Um, in Wormwood, it's obviously a lot more in its infinite infancy stages, and we see him progress as a songwriter throughout, even while maintaining that same model. With this here, like it's just kind of edgy, cool yelly kind of good lines for shirts kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we'll, we'll see them get a lot better with that later. But yeah, th- this album front to back is solid. It's fantastic. Absolutely. One of my favorite moments when I saw them, cause they played this front to back live um, tactical nuke is mostly a, it has a small, like I don't want to call it a poem, but kind of a poem mm-hmm. at the beginning of the song. And then it's just like another like five minutes or something like that. Um, the the whole song is five and a half minutes. So like the first part of it, it's like thirty seconds of the speaking, and then it's just this like slowly decaying doom. And so every time they would come, they would stop. The whole crowd would scream slower, and it'd be like do 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 do. And it would just get slower and slower and slower until they finally ended the song. It was just, it was such a cool That's thing to so see. That's so sick. And just kind of be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that was that was really enjoyable. I liked that a lot. 
<laughs> that sound, dude, that had to have been just an absolutely bonkers show. Yeah, and uh, just to uh, keep up with the um, information here as far as the charting that we're uh, talking about, uh, this reached 67 on U.S. Billboard. It reached. Uh, it did not chart on U.S. Heat this time. Uh, it did chart at number six on U.S. Indie, 21 on U.S. Rock, and eight on U.S. Hard Rock. So they're they're definitely climbing up the charts. They they absolutely are. Um, I don't remember if we mentioned as well. This was. Release in July of 2010 on Prosthetic again. Yes. And uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and take us into the next album? We here. jump into After Wormwood uh, in October of 2012 is Death is the Only Mortal. And this is the first record that we would see them on Rise Records. And uh, as of this time, Acacia Strain is still signed to Rise. Correct. So we're going to be seeing that. One of the few times where something got signed to Rise and didn't get worse. Right. (laughs) This one was... And I'll actually pull up the track listing for this one. Again, they're still keeping that very, very big heavy... Uh, this one here, Blade, I think, was one of the, one of the songs I really um, mm-hmm. a, a, attached myself to with this one. Doomblade, Brain Death, and the Mouth of the River mm-hmm. uh, are the three big ones off here. They're also like my three favorites as well. Okay, they are just terrifying. the The opening uh, sound bites for Doomblade is haunting. Yeah. <laughs> It's just kind of like starting out with this faux 911 call about this person murdering so many people. And then it just comes in with this apocalyptic, like high lead guitars. And it is, it is haunting is really the best word I can yeah. come up with for it. No, for sure. Um, notably, this is going to be the last album that we have with uh, DL on guitars. Sadly enough, mm-hmm. um, he obviously did a phenomenal job leading him up to this point. And uh, we'll be uh, oh, we'll get into that part here in a moment. Um, this one here, it was released uh, October of 2012, as uh, Matt said on Rise. We have it charting at 51 on U.S. Billboard. We have it charting at uh, 10 on U.S. Indie, 21 on U.S. Rock, and five on U.S. Hard Rock. This album isn't as well received, even though it was kind of critically when it first released. Mm-hmm. In terms of today's uh, people, uh, today's fans, they don't really like this album as much. Yeah, I personally love this album. It's it's kind of just like a pet favorite of mine. That's fair. The um, the brain death riff is one of the most amazing riffs they've ever written, and I'll die on this hill. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is just it's so groovy and chuggy and whatnot. I just I love it so much. It must be exhausting running from all running across all the different hills that you're on. Yeah, no, it kind of is. Um, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, at least your cardio should be good, though. It's not. I still got this gut. <laughs> <laughs> you're like dead bun. Let's go. Exactly. Um, we also still see the uh, the same train of them keeping the um, the bright colors. Uh, I, we didn't mention this on Wormwood, but Wormwood has one of their iconic birds on it with uh, kind of like a half-mouth missing teeth on a stand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to describe. It's one of those that you just kind of have to take a look at. Yeah. But um, it's kind of just general consensus. If it has a bird on it, it's a good Acacia Strain album. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Death is the Only Mortal has a similar concept. It's very orange and bright. Uh, we have a bird sitting on the inside of an eye socket of a skull that's upside down. And 
it's got this very beautiful kind of serene look to it mm-hmm. and yeah it's just it's just good burb and then in 2013 we were bestow oh my god okay so 2013 i don't know what people were on i don't know what was <laughs> in the water but geez everything was just absolutely banging in 2013 yeah so we got in february of 2013 the ep money for nothing uh, which had it looks like some original tracks like the the title song money for nothing as well as global warming and stay puffed which that song name i thought was absolutely fantastic so both of those actually were um they were uh vinyl bonus tracks that were included for continent sick i am glad you brought that up and then we have reissues of old songs. So Brown Noise, The Hills Have Eyes, and Terminated. Good God. Good God. Yeah, when so this started. Those were the 2009 mixes prior to the actual release of them on the Wormwood album. Mm-hmm. And uh, they included those mixes. And honestly, I think they just needed to be a little bit cleaned up. Uh, yeah, they, they were they were nasty. <laughs> it was beyond stupid. I ate that up. And then later in 2013, uh, in November, we got Above Below, which includes the tracks Above and Below. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Matt, for that insight. <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure to clarify that for everybody. But good God, these two songs went unnecessarily hard, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's not like I needed my neck anyways. No, not at all. No. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, we did see the departure after this of uh, DL, and uh, he was replaced by guitarist Devin Shidaker. Um, we will also see a return of a second guitarist in Richard Gomez, who would be here for a little bit. Excuse me. Uh, so moving in here, we go into album, uh, what is this, album number seven? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, album number seven with Coma Witch that was released in 2014, uh, in October specifically on mm-hmm. Rise Records. This is the album that got me into the Acacia Stream. Okay, I, they were always one of those bands that just like they kind of had a name there. I thought they were something else entirely until one of my buddies I was working at Best Buy at the time handed me the album and said, "You have to listen to this. Buy it now." And so I, being the impressionable 18 year old that I was, <laughs> said, "Okay." <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> and um, this album did nothing short of change my life, as I know it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. The, 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 from from the moment that human disaster comes in with Vincent screaming, rest in piss, it, it's just amazing. You're like, we're in it to win it, boys. <laughs> yeah. I um, I got to see them do a, a tour uh, supporting this album. It is it is phenomenal. Um, so, "Human Disaster," "Cauterizer," and "Send Help" are the the three big songs off of this one here. Mm-hmm. Um, "Send Help" is my personal favorite Acacia Strain song of all time. Okay, like I can listen to that song front to back over and over and over and never get tired of it. The last breakdown in that song is amazing. It's just this like just sheer pounding. Like you're being hit with a sledgehammer mm-hmm. as Vincent just screams, like, slowly shiverous. I separate skin from bone. You deserve to be miserable. Uh, it, it, oh, it's so good. I'll pull the voice from your mouth. 
or that, from your throat. Yeah. You deserve to be miserable, and like they just, you deserve the, to be miserable. <laughs> the line where it was the separate skin from bone, I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, oh, he mad, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one also does have, uh, which it was a very unique concept for them to do. It has the 11th track, which is Observer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Observer is a 30-minute track that had its own CD when you bought it and has its own side on one of the, on the vinyl since I obviously own the vinyl. Yeah. It's an experience. Uh, it, it, it surpasses song status for me because mm-hmm. it's not something that you can just casually listen to. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things that you need to sit down, have the sound envelop you, and just experience it and just kind of feel this feeling behind it all it's a lot, lot of sound clips a lot of breaks and music um yeah i i really can't describe it any further than that you just need to listen to it it's it's such a cool song i unfortunately i was trying to casually listen to it you and mistake <laughs> yes no i i made big mistake i think i got about six or seven minutes into it and i'm like you missed is the best this part. <laughs> i'm like is this gonna like summit mount what's your point and unfortunately i didn't see far you know i didn't go into it much further from that point i ended up jumping into the next record um, uh but before we do that i was actually just about to go over the charts oh go for it yeah uh, but yeah before we do go into their next uh album the charting on this one they hit 31 on the u.s on the u.s indie they hit number four on u.s rock they hit eight and then they hit number one on U.S. Hard Rock. So this is the yeah, first yeah. time we've seen them chart at number one ever. Uh, and honestly, like up to this point, it, I believe that it's very well deserved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. From there, we move into uh, the album number eight, which is going to be Grave Bloom. Uh, Grave Bloom was released in June of 2017. So this one was kind of a little bit break because uh, they had been consistently releasing an album every two years to this point mm-hmm. so we have a little bit of a uh, we have a, a little over a three-year break or not uh, not quite a three-year break but <clears throat> it's three years difference at this yeah. point uh this was also released on rise records and uh this one here this one got a lot darker yeah um it really kind of took more of a doom and sludge kind of uh of approach to it yeah which is fine it's solid i really like the album a lot it's just different mm-hmm. and uh we'll, we'll get into different here in a minute too <laughs> yeah and th- this was this was really the point where it was like the end of coma witch and this record was really where i in my in my listenings to it i started kind of petering off and i was i was having a hard time kind of keeping keeping the interest there Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i just for in case you guys haven't figured it out is i'm about as scatterbrained as it gets so my my brain's firing in about 12 different directions so i get distracted easily and there was a, a lot of this record that like i would have it playing to try and listen to but i was doing other things well because i was doing other things mm-hmm. i wasn't able to fully enjoy the music so that i think was kind of a disservice to the record yeah. um, one thing i did forget to to mention um is on coma witch mm-hmm. uh so we had a couple features on that album uh in send help uh we have max cavalera from soulfly oh that's awesome also the old sepulterra guy yep 
Uh, we also have uh, Brendan Garone on, on Inc- from Incendiary on World Demise. Okay. Uh, and then we have uh, Sven de Kalue from Aborted uh, on Graveyard Shift. Ooh. And so he, he's the one doing those gutter rolls in Graveyard oh, Shift. Oh, I love that. Okay. Um, I also did forget to mention uh, as well that uh, Devin Shadaker is uh, the ex-member of Oshino. And Richard Gomez was an ex-member of Molotov Solution. That's actually kind of sick. And since it's here, the information is right here before we just keep going into Grave Bloom. Uh, this album was also produced by Will Putney. <gasps> I love that. Yeah. Will Putney. He's, he's, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, back to Grave Bloom. Um, Grave Bloom is the first album to uh, uh, feature bassist Griffin Landa. And uh, the features that we have on this one here, uh, Plague Doctor is featuring Kobayashi Hiroyuki. Uh, I forget I where th- he is from. Is, he's um, that's not um, I think that's Crystal Lake. No, that- that's um Ryu. Okay. Um, give me just a moment here. I'm gonna figure this out because I cannot remember where he's from. Yeah, that's true. It is Ryu, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but while I'm doing that, this one also features Matt Honeycutt on uh Big Sleep. Uh, Matt Honeycutt is from Kublai Khan. Oh, nice. Uh, anyway, back to uh, Hiroyuki uh, Kobayashi. He was a Japanese video game designer. That's I don't remember this part, to be completely <laughs> honest, in that song. like I know Plague Doctor pretty well. I don't remember this, so I, Sounds I don't like know. Sounds like we're uh, going to listen to that song after <laughs> we're done recording. Um, so anyway, uh, Matt Honeycutt's featured on Big Sleep, and then we also have Rob Fusco uh, featured on uh, Grave Bloom. Uh, he is from the band Most Precious Blood, which is a hardcore punk band. Uh, and that, that concludes features on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was also produced by Will Putney. Okay. And so naturally, it's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like we said, it, this one here, it was just kind of, it was felt really hard to keep attention. It was just really more this kind of swirling ensemble of sound, as opposed to this really cut and dry kind of feel that they had brought through in, uh, in Coma Witch. Mm-hmm. So uh, one thing that we we didn't bring up that I had just seen uh, that we should uh, 2016, Thyarda's murder, the Acacia Ooh, strain, totally and uh, who fit for an autopsy. Fit for an autopsy. All came together for the Depression Sessions EP. So each of the bands did an original song. Uh, Thyarda's murder did. They will know another. Which, by the way, is an absolute banger it really is <laughs> and then uh we see a cover done by each of the bands so we have um yeah they will know another by Thyrda's murder uh sensory deprivation uh was the so- original song by acacia strain also a banger yep i i actually that one i actually haven't heard and honestly i'm sad that i have it it's so good flatlining was the original by fit for an autopsy also good uh we see <laughs> Thyrda's murder do a cover of du Haas. i believe the acacia strain does black hole sun correct and then um fit for an autopsy wow fit for an autopsy does the perfect drug um i remember as this was actually being put together or like what right around when it was announced it was i was very very hot on thyrda's murder and i had known the names of vacation like i had known that name for quite some time and then fit for an autopsy i'd listened to 
I literally, I'm not going to lie. It was, I was hooked on one song. And the only reason I was hooked on that song is because the vocalist did a feature on a upon a burning body song. Fair enough. So uh, that's how I discovered fit for an autopsy. Um, just to point out the artists that sang the songs as well. Do Haas is done by Romstein. Mm-hmm. Black hole sun is originally done by Soundgarden, yep. And the perfect drug is originally done by nine inch nails. Okay, I, w- I wasn't 100% sure who it was that did that one, but okay. Yeah, the, the covers on this one, they really just don't vibe with me too much. Um, the original songs are phenomenal, though. Yeah, well, except I can't really speak on The Perfect Drug. Uh, like, I would have to hear it to see if I actually remember that song. I hate Duhost. I've always hated the song. <laughs> um, you know what band I like did a cover it, and I still hate the song? Hmm. Motionless and White. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, without getting any more distracted, was there any lineup changes around this time? Um, around Gravebloom, no. So uh, Gravebloom is just when we saw the um, – I'm sorry, yes, actually. Uh, we saw the departure of Richard Gomez, and we have Tom Smith Jr. Uh, join in on bass. Okay. Or, sorry, rhythm guitar. And uh, that, that's we'll, – we'll, we'll continue seeing him uh, from here on. Nice. Um, I mentioned earlier this is also the first one we're seeing Griffin Landa on ba- on on base. Yeah. For this. Before we jump into the next one, we'll go over the chart positions. Uh, in the U.S., Grave Bloom hit 146. They hit number four on the U.S. Indie, U.S. Rock. They hit number 29, and then they hit number eight on U.S. Hard Rock. Um, so not quite as it's both as high as previous releases, but not quite as high. Um, so we start to kind of see, uh, not really a change in the popularity, but it, it just, uh, different, different charting mm-hmm. than everything else. Yeah. The, this one, it, it staggers a little bit. Um, but we'll, we'll see them come back from that. Yeah. Uh, f- uh, coming up next, we have what is kind of an EP, but kind of an album. It's labeled by as a full length uh, mm-hmm. for most cases, um, but it's their album. It comes in waves, which was a completely surprise release that happened uh, in 2019, uh, the day after Christmas, actually, because I remember just accidentally finding it and realizing, oh my God, this is amazing. So I remember, I remember when you told me about <laughs> this. So, so by, by this point is, Gabe and I had been friends probably a few months, like somewhere between like a few months and about a year. I think it's been about a year at this point. I think so. At, at that point. Yeah. About at that point, yeah. Um, and all of a sudden I get this message like, bro, Acacia Strain dropped new music. So, of course, because up to this point he had made good music recommendations. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to trust, trust my guy here. And uh, this one was really interesting in the way that they structured the names of the songs. So literally each song is just one one word and it all together reads our only sin was giving them names. And you'll hear that sentence actually said in I can't remember which one. I can't remember either. I, yeah, it, and it's one one of them. It specifically says that one, and then you hear in a different one is the explicit singing of "It Comes in Waves." The sentence. So it comes in waves is featured heavily throughout the entire album. Yeah, um, this is going to be a lot like Observer is. This is an album that you don't really listen to individual songs off of. No, this is an album that you start at hour and end with names. Yeah, there, there. You, you should not be shuffling this, and if you are, you're doing it wrong. This, when I listened to it, I was like, okay, 
I am intrigued. Like the mm-hmm. first, you had my interest. Now you have my attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the neat thing with this one here, this was kind of a conceptual album for them, which they had done thematic albums before, but they hadn't mm-hmm. really done anything conceptually. And so basically, the concept behind it comes in waves uh, was centered around the fact that the um, our our only sin was giving the the gods that we worship names Mm -hmm. and it really ended up being more about how they were just these interdimensional beings not so much aliens but just like these true gods Mm -hmm. that were out there that were toying with us for their own amusement and that by us giving them names it gives them power kind of like the whole harry potter yeah voldemort thing um I'm sure my wife is shaking her head right now (laughs) 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 Uh, but it's just kind of this uh conceptual idea that they've not been quiet about their feelings about religion in the past. And this album's no exception for that, but it's just one of those things that it's such a, an interesting concept behind it. Whereas yeah. they, they've kind of struck more of the atheist chord for so long and to come out with something like this, like acknowledging that a God exists. However, it's meaningless to put forth any effort towards it. It's just yeah. kind of a different take on it for them, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, it, it, it's also just kind of a cool thing to philosophically assess mm-hmm. uh, as well, just kind of like thinking about like, okay, well, what are the, the legitimacies and the plausibilities of this kind of thing? Right. And it, it was a very weird album for them. And when I saw them in 2021, they never, like they, they even announced on stage that like they never anticipated playing this album. They never anticipated playing any songs off of it whatsoever. They were all in a kind of a weird time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things that they wanted to write something and produce. And this is what came of that. And this is really kind of more just like a passion project for them. Okay. And I thought that was kind of super cool. Um, Notably as well, this here was released on the label Closed Closed Casket Activities. This did not see any charting. I don't really know what the uh, requirements for charting is Yeah, in in that regard because it but at the same time, it also wasn't an extremely popular album because it was so different from what they had normally done. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's a phenomenal album. Again, like Observer, you just have to sit there and envel- be enveloped by the sound and just let it kind of consume you. Yeah. No, I, I can agree with that. Which then. is going to bring us up to the most recent record. <sighs> this is another one where literally as as this all was happening, I was getting my... Phone was getting blown up. Gabe was like, dude, 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 dude. And I'm like, oh, God, what is happening? So the album Slow Decay was released in July of 2020 on Rise Records. Uh, This was an interesting approach that they had done because they had released most of the album prior to this in the form of seven-inch EPs. Uh, that spelled out decay. So the first two songs were released on the EP called D. Second, the next two songs were released on E, and so forth to spell out decay. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant marketing. Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. I got sucked in so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so how many? How many of the vinyls do you I have? have? All of them. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> um, yeah. So and then when the original, when the full album came out, there was also two additional songs that weren't released on any of the EPs that were included on there. Uh, this one here saw their greatest chart success to date, uh, seeing it at number 87 on uh, U.S. charts. On U.S. Indie, we're at number one. Same thing with U.S. Rock and U.S. Hard Rock. On U.S. Internet, we reach number three. U.S. Current Albums, number five. Billboard Top Albums, number five. U.S. Vinyl, number five. And U.S. Digital Albums, number seven. And this is 
not only notable due to the fact that they are an extremely heavy band reaching such high chart peaks. Yeah. This is also released the same week that Taylor Swift released her new album, and Taylor Swift always dominates every chart that she appears on. Typically, yeah. And so for them to do this high with something like that coming out mm-hmm. was just doubly that amazing for Oh, them. yeah. And so obviously they did a – it's a phenomenal record front to back. Um, it just is a culmination of so much anger that they have over the course of everything. And obviously they didn't quite know a lot of what had happened since then in terms of like – shutdowns and COVID-19 and stuff like mm-hmm. that but there's a lot of allusions to it that I think paralleled nicely with it yeah and uh yeah th- th- this oh man this this record is so good it <laughs> like it starts feed a pigeon breed a rat as the opening song is stupid it's it's unbelievable um you've got crippling poison which was fantastic um, Seeing God, which has a feature of Aaron Hurd, which is from, I'm not sure which band. Um, I'll double check real quick. No worries. And then there's a couple of other features on this one. I was uh, He's really, from the band Nothing. Okay. And then I was really a fan of Jess Nix's feature on The Lucid Dream. So that is my favorite song on the album, hands okay. down. Uh, Jess Nix is the vocalist for a uh, hardcore band called Mortality Rate from Canada. Ooh. Super cool band. Nice. Um, yeah, super cool. Uh, we also have 1,000 Painful Stings, which is featuring Courtney LaPlante of Spirit Box. Uh, this is just one of the bajillion features that Courtney LaPlante found herself on in the midst of this time. <laughs> yeah, it was like 2020, 2021, which was like, hey, uh, Courtney LaPlante. The, the, the year of the Courtney. <laughs> yeah, the year of the Courtney. Um, this one here, uh, Solace and Serenity, is also a really notable track for me personally. I like that one a lot. Uh, we also have I Breathe in the Smoke Deeply, It Tasted Like Death, and I Smiled, which is a long song title. Mm-hmm. But it's also just kind of a very slow, almost morose kind yeah. of feel to it. Um, and it's just like this very long, drawn-out kind of song. And then you get hit with Crossgates. And it's just like this minute-long banger. <laughs> and just it, different things like that. Um yeah, th- th- this album, again, banger front to back. Mm-hmm. Also features a bird. <laughs> Burbs. Uh, with exception of It Comes in Waves, they've had a bird on every last album since Wormwood. So. That's hilarious. I never I never noticed that. And it, that's kind of a fun little touch. So, yeah. like, good on you guys. Absolutely, despite the fact that birds aren't real. But we won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a conversation for another podcast. Um, yeah. The, it's so good. Um but yeah, so that that leads us to today, where we have Vincent Bennett still on vocals. We have Devin Shadaker on guitars, uh, Tom Smith Jr. on guitars. Uh, oh, he must have been the other one then. I don't know how I missed that earlier, so I apologize, Tom. Uh, Griffin Landa on bass and uh, Kevin Bauta on drums. And I can't wait to see what they do again because I'm I'm certain it's going to be amazing. Yeah, no, and uh, after after doing this deep dive in the band is. They're definitely a band that I plan to return to a lot more frequently, uh, try and just kind of bite into some more of their discography. And I'm excited to see what else they do after slow decay. And it comes in waves like how how do you beat that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they uh, they're one of those bands that like I just don't know that they can do anything wrong anymore. Yeah. Um, Vincent's one of the nicest human beings in the face of the planet. I got to meet him this last go around and he's just such a kind hearted soul. And 
you wouldn't expect that out of his face from the lyrics that he says. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great, and I love it. Um, yeah, but uh, that, that's really what we've got for the Acacia Strain here. Um, if you want to check him out, do, do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to check him out, stop You're a being coward. a fool. <laughs> <laughs> we're, both, we're both just like, you know what? Here's what's going to happen. You're going to check him out, and if you're not, you're a coward. Yes. That's literally just, and that's the bottom line. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's going to wrap it up with the Acacia Strain, and now we're going to go ahead and move into the hidden track where we talk about something not necessarily related to magic. Or relate. Oof. Whoa, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> it is late. It is almost 10 o'clock here at this point. I am exhausted. Matt, what do you got for us today? <laughs> Honestly, I don't have too much. Um, the only things I could really think of that have like happened recently is I got caught up on an anime and watched an anime movie recently. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the name Ghost in the Shell. Uh, wasn't that the one that like uh, Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, and everybody was up in a rage about. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I know about it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So basically, um, the the brief backstory is in 1995, an anime movie had come out called Ghost in the Shell, and it was this huge, huge thing. I don't know the backstory for like the manga, how long that's been going on, uh, but I finally watched the original. Boy, is that a mind trip! Also, for 1995, the art in this movie was unbelievable. I it, I would go so far as to say it rivals some of the art of anime now, and that art is real. the The detail of it's fantastic. I am certain this all means something. It, it <laughs> Gabe, let me have this. But it's all yours, man. That's fine. Um, and then for those of you who are anime fans that's definitely not gabe um caught up on mob psycho and basically what (laughs) listen i just i just watch the anime i don't i don't ask the questions of how they come up with their naming schemes but this one's uh this show is actually kind of neat if you haven't watched it is briefly it follows uh, a young boy shigeo oh god what's his last name uh, but his nickname details is... Details aren't necessary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his nickname is Mob. And he's an esper, so he actually has psychic abilities. And it's him just kind of going through life. And he goes from being this very reclusive kid and just kind of, like, not really dead inside, but very emotionless to actually starting to feel, like anger sadness happiness and all this different stuff and just kind of coming out of his shell and the the growth and i've watched season finished season two uh in preparation for season three i'm really excited for what's coming um that should be happening this year it's gonna be the final season so i'm ready for it what do you got this week well continuing my fashion of still having music related things hey (laughs) um (laughs) So there was uh, an unfortunate tragedy that happened at, uh, I think it was San Bernardino, uh, at uh, their music venue called the Marquise or Marquis. Um, there was a, an unfortunate shooting that had happened with, uh, and there was some. There was a local band from here in Arizona that was there for it. Um, fortunately, they're all okay. Um, most of the people involved are going to be okay. And uh, just unfortunately, there was still somebody's life was taken, and so just our hearts go out to them. Um, that was really trashy and. 
I think it was like a motorcycle gang thing oh, that geez. began it. I'm not 100% sure on like the cause and everything, mm-hmm. but I, I'm glad that our Arizona boys are okay. I'm glad that everybody who was able to be okay is okay and wish speedy recovery for everybody who wasn't. Yeah, unfortunately, you yeah, know, and it, it is unfortunate for, you know, the the loss of life from from that. So we send our hearts out to the the family and um any loved ones for that. So that sucks. Yeah. But that being said, ending on a down note here, I'm sorry. <laughs> I like uh, I should talk about something happy. Like Yeah, but all you talk uh, about is anime. So That's kind of true. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> We appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. You can find us on a variety of social medias. You can find us on Facebook, TikTok. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. YouTube. Uh, we're definitely not hopping on Twitter at this point until that whole mess clears up because it be a mess. <laughs> hey, guess who just bought it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can also uh, like, rate, subscribe to us on whatever uh, platform that you choose to listen to us. And if there's a platform that you want us to be on, let me know and I'll see what I can do. I can mm-hmm. only do so much, but... I try and be on every single one that I can get on. That way I can game at least one person. It hasn't happened yet, but dang it, it's there. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> um, without further ado, though, we'll see you later. Catch you in the next one.